This is the Edisto TV podcast, connecting the Blackwater region. And welcome to another edition of the Edisto TV podcast. I am Hugo. And I am Tom. And we are back with all sorts of stuff related to the Edisto River and what's been going on of late. Um, this week, we do want to feature an interview we just did with Pinckney Michael, who is one of the founders of and organizers of the Edisto Island Mostly Bluegrass Festival. That's coming up this Saturday, the 25th, out on Edisto Island. Had an interesting talk with Pinckney. Yeah, it was beautiful. I can't uh, I can't wait to get down there and uh, be at that show. It's right on the waterfront. Uh, it looks like a beautiful place and uh, a full day of, you know, Mostly bluegrass music. It looks like a good time. All right, and we are going to jump into that right after we get done with the opening remarks. So more with and about Pinckney Michael coming up. Um, Also yesterday, we're recording this on Sunday the 19th. So on Saturday the 18th, they had the annual meeting of the Friends of the Edisto down in Orangeburg at the park there next to the North Fork of the Edisto River. And so we got a chance to get down there and see a bunch of folks and have a good time at the Friends of the Edisto annual meeting. Yep, it'll be. Uh, it was a beautiful day down there, and uh, look forward to sharing some more of that later in the show. All right, and uh, also we have a bunch of stuff that we've been putting up lately on the Edisto TV and Edisto Concerns pages, respectively. Um, there is now a USGS official gauging station, which has been installed on the South Fork at Cato's Bridge. And, uh, I actually went down and shot some video of them putting that in. We'll eventually get some of that edited and up so people can see it. But, uh, if you're local down there and you see that newly installed equipment, please be nice to it. Uh, that's doing a good job for us in keeping track of the water resources there in the South Fork. Yeah. And the USGS stressed to us that it is not bulletproof, so... Yeah, I don't know if that's something we want to publicize, but <laughs> well, don't, um, don't don't hurt it. It's yeah. a good thing. It, it, it's there. It is monitoring our water in our river, and that's for everybody. And uh, we would like to see that effort uh, succeed without a lot of vandalism or any silliness down there. Yep. Also, uh, quite a number of articles we published this week on Edisto Concerns. Uh, State newspaper did some coverage, and uh, we were quoted, and Doug Busby was mentioned in both of those articles. Um, But the SC Water Resources Conference, uh, we spent two full days there uh, in Columbia, met a lot of really interesting people, um, really experts in water, and um, a couple of those those, uh, articles got a lot of shares out on the Facebook. Um, I think one of them had over... 25 shares or so like that they 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 did and um that was the 2014 south carolina water resources conference Uh, they do it biannually so every two years it's put on by the clemson university public service and agriculture institute of computational ecology and the center for watershed excellence it was at the columbia metropolitan convention center on the 15th and 16th of october we did shoot a lot of material there um it's all water policy stuff so not anything of burning urgency so we are going to take some time to get that stuff edited. But the next uh, episode of the podcast, so that would be episode 20, we plan to feature a lot of the material from the conference uh, unless something more urgent shows up in the meantime. 
So we are going to hold on to that, but we will have a lot of content for that later. For now, I will say, those who see me quoted in the state newspaper, my name is Hugo, not huge, but I appreciate the coverage nonetheless. Um, just a typo, I'm sure. <laughs> Sammy, we love you anyway. That's Sammy Fretwell uh, doing the reporting there on, on, on the issues. Um, we do also want to mention that there is coming up, um, I believe it's on November 4th, there's the Film Festival, which is coming up up in Greenwood. Is that right, Tom? Uh, yes, it's called the uh, Wild and Scenic Film Festival. It's in Greenwood. And um, the Upstate Forever group we met down there uh, at the Water Conference, they are a conservation group uh, focused really on the very upper counties of the state uh, in the mountain area. And uh, anyway, they're they're doing that. I believe it's a fundraiser, and they're showing off some uh, short films that are related to uh, rivers and uh, outdoors, I think. And we uh, have linked the information about the festival on the Edisto Concerns page, or you can search them online. Uh, if you search Film Festival in Greenwood, uh, it should pop right up for you there. We do want to mention, we found out that we have somebody who is speaking fairly forcefully for us on the water and surface water issue, and that is Senator Robert Hayes, who had some very pointed remarks to make about how the water law stands and how it should be uh, revised. Yeah, well, he used the word mega farm, which was interesting because we were staring at uh, Mr. David Winkles from the Farm Bureau, who has declared to us that he hates that term. And, I think uh, he said he finds it offensive. Yeah, so <laughs> we were kind of interested to see how he might respond to that, but we'll we'll talk more about that, I think, in our next episode. We can play some of those bites. Yes, uh, both the senator and Mr. Winkles were on the uh, panel for the first day's panel discussion at the uh, Water Resources Conference. So there's been a lot going on, and we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our interview with Pinckney Michael about the Mostly Bluegrass Festival out on Edisto Island next Saturday. Hey, this is Tom from the podcast. It's football season, and Tyler Brothers has Carhartt Collegiate Gear for Carolina Clemson and Georgia Bulldog fans. We also have beautiful game day brand boots at $100 off their list price. Visit the store in Wagner or check them out online at tylerbrothers.net. Tyler Brothers, the place to go when you want to stay away from those superstars. For more information and archived podcasts, visit us at edisto.tv. And we're back on the Edisto TV podcast. This is episode 19, almost to number 20. And uh, right now we're going to go to the interview we just did with Pinckney Michael. He represents here the Edisto Mostly Bluegrass Music Festival, but he also has long and deep ties down on Edisto Island. Yeah, it was uh, great talking to him. Um, he's a really good, I think, spokesperson, uh, for lack of a better term, for folks that are down there on the the bottom end of our river and um, what he expressed to us. And we'll hear this in the interview, but just how much he cares about what happens upstream and how important the ACE basin is, how important that land. He also talks a lot about um, conservation trusts, uh, easements and that kind of thing. And um, his family has protected quite a bit of land down there. So 
Uh, it was a very uh, informative discussion with uh, Mr. Michael. Yeah, it was actually kind of funny because I was interested in going down to shoot the festival for my film project and got in touch with them and had no realization until we actually started talking to them that Pinckney has actually been very active on the Edisto Concerns page and has posted a lot of comments going along, has a definite point of view. So it turned into more than an interview about the uh, about the music festival, and we'll have some of his comments here on the podcast. And I guess we won't hear them unless we go to that. So let's jump right into that interview. I'm uh, Pinckney Michael, uh, originally from South Carolina. And uh, I'm one of the producers of the Edisto Island Mostly Bluegrass Festival, Kaba, a celebration of Americana. And we call it Mostly Bluegrass because it is mostly bluegrass, but it's not all bluegrass. And uh, we call it a celebration of Americana because Americana is sort of, uh, well, bluegrass is something of a, a subset of Americana. Uh, we we combine this with a little bit of a little bit of country music that's clearly heavily influenced by bluegrass music. Comes under the Americana label, and we also have uh, another group later in the evening, Ray for the Riff Raff. They come out of New Orleans. They are heavily influenced by bluegrass, but they're also influenced by by rock and roll, and they're influenced by uh, a little bit of country. So we have. Uh, four local bands that are pretty much strictly bluegrass, and then we have a uh, sort of uh, bluegrass-influenced rock and roll country band at the end. It's a beautiful location. Uh, we uh, have free parking. That's always important, free parking. It, you, know, you don't have to pay to park when you get there. We uh, only have local food vendors and local beers, and water is water. We got plenty of water. We got plenty of beer all local, and uh, that's that's something about the Bluegrass Festival. I was sitting on my back porch on Edisto Island on the St. Pierre Creek. A friend of mine from New York was sitting there, and he's a bluegrass musician, played it all through college and graduate school. Sat there, and he said, I want to do a bluegrass festival here. Let's do it out there in your backyard. Why don't you cut down that other tree? And uh, I, I determined that wasn't such a good idea, and I said, no, I don't think so. My yard isn't big enough, and that's just silly. Well, a couple of weeks later, another friend from Aiken was there, or Augusta, rather, no, Aiken. And he said, you know, this would be a great place to do a bluegrass festival. I want to produce a bluegrass festival. How about out there in the, right there? No, no, we're not, I'm not going to do that. In any event, I put those two guys together, and... Uh, they had a bunch of ideas, and I ended up being the local person on the Bluegrass Festival. And uh, they, one of them has since left left us. But between New York and Edisto, we managed to get it done. Last year, it was produced as a partnership with the Edisto Island Preservation Alliance. This year, we're producing it as Peters Point Productions, and we have four local uh, charitable organizations who are the beneficiaries of the Bluegrass Festival. We don't keep any of the money. We uh, we distribute it to the four groups who are who are beneficiaries of the festival, and they are the Preservation Alliance, the Edisto Island Open Land Trust, the Edisto Island Museum, and the uh, it's a group called the Edisto United. And they work with the local schools and, and, and whatnot. So it is 
all for the benefit of local organizations. Uh, it's a one-day festival now. We, we hope to be able to expand it uh, as time goes by and make it a self-supporting thing that can just be run by, by the local organizations and, and benefit conservation and cultural and historic groups on Anastow Island. You know, Anastow is part of the East Basin. And uh, this, this property we're on is on the West Bank. It's called West Bank Plantation. It's on the North Edisto River. And uh, it's a gorgeous place. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place to be. The uh, little bit of housekeeping about the bookkeeping, I suppose, is we open the gates at 11 o'clock at West Bank Plantation. Uh, we music goes on until 9 o'clock. You can get tickets online. Uh, through PetersPointProductions.com, or you can go to just Google Edisto Bluegrass, and uh, it'll bring you to either the Facebook page or the web page, and tickets are available through there as well. $40 in advance, uh, $50 at the gate. There's a preferred ticket if people want it. That's new to us, but we, we are offering one this year. And you get a few things with that. Uh, but we just hope we just hope to sell out the general admission. Hope to see a lot of people there. It was a sellout last year. It was a lot of fun. We uh, had shovels and rope last year. This year we uh, have a race the riffraff. Uh, we have Frank Sullivan, who has been tearing places up in Americana and bluegrass music. And we have Lonesome River Band. Lonesome River Band is just flat out bluegrass royalty. And they're just they're wonderful. They come down from from Virginia. It sounds like uh, you you might have done this a time or two before. <laughs> I've, I've been in theater for a while. <laughs> um, tell us a bit about your personal connection to Edisto Island and the Edisto River. Our constituency sure. here for the podcast is is folks who are concerned with the Edisto watershed. And well, uh, I, I've been a huge contributor on your web page. And I've raised hell with uh, my cousin at the Farm Bureau and everybody else about this potato farm thing. We we are part of the Ace Basin. Edisto Island is, is, is created an island because it's between the North Edisto River and the South Edisto River and, the, uh, and some other little rivers in between. Uh, I spent an awful lot of time on Edisto. I, I grew up I'm in Columbia and spent summers on Edison for most of my young life. And uh, I moved to New York because everybody's got to do something, and that's where I found work. But uh, I, I now spend about 60 70% of my time on Edison. Uh And that's why I'm able to, to be the local producer on this thing. Uh, but Edison is a very special place. It's, it's very much undeveloped over over half of it is in conservation easements. My property is in a conservation easement. It's 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 very much concerned with with staying as much in its natural state as it can. Uh, and there's a, a very committed group of people out here who have who were quite alarmed when when things started happening on the uh, on the uh, Edisto River up near Aiken and Augusta. Uh, we went to a lot of meetings and, and talked to a lot of people and made a lot of phone calls. The uh, two rivers are, are very important, and they, you know, they're very clean. They're, they're, they're something that really needs to be preserved. 
in the, by supporting the land trust and the preservation alliance, we are a part of that. We've, we've owned this property down here since sometime in the 1700s, uh, and we managed to hold on to it. God only knows how, but we managed to hold on to it. And uh, when it became evident that, that you know the, the place was changing and, and real estate was starting to boom, the Edisville Island over the land trust made a real push for uh, for easements, and uh, they got a lot of us. Um, they didn't get all of us because it's it's a somewhat somewhat complicated process when you add the uh, the greenbelt money into it. But it's but it's worthwhile even without the, uh, the greenbelt money. Charleston okay. County put on a one cent sales tax, and they raised many millions of dollars. And if you put your property in an easement, they would help. They would give you some cash for that for that easement. And that encouraged more people to, to put properties in conservation easements. My, my 180 acres, for example, is all in a conservation easement. And there will never be more than three houses built on 180 acres. Now, it's true 130 of those are marsh acres from the King's Grant, but there's still 60-some-odd other acres there, and there will never be more than two more houses. That's forever. Um, and you know, that, that, that's, hard, that's hard to beat. Uh, and, and, and the ecosystems down here are, they're delicate and you have to be very careful with them. Uh, and, and the, the more you can preserve it and let people use it and not build on it, the better off the place is. Well, we have Botany Bay, for example, that, that was given to the Department of Natural Resources a, a number of years ago. And that's open to the public. It's a wonderful place to go, and, and it's staffed because the DNR doesn't have staff for this kind of stuff. I mean, they have a ranger there, but it's staffed by volunteers from the Preservation Alliance and the Land Trust, and those are the people who, who clean the place up mostly and, and guide people through and meet them at the gate and tell them where things are. Uh, so it's a very, very committed place. Um, the, 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 land, the, the units are, are fairly strict. Well, I say fairly strict. They're very strict, um, but but they're good things, and they and they go on making. You know, my easement, for example, is doing nothing but making clean air and clean water, and growing shrimp and crabs and fish. And uh, from time to time, we, we we try and grow some vegetables and stuff on the land, uh, and the rest of it's in in uh, timber and woodlands. Uh, so it's just a good deal all around. It's it's it's, it's good for everyone. Uh, I know I like clean air, clean water, shrimp, crabs, and fish, so (laughs) I'm right there with you. Um, One of the things, you you mentioned having been in touch with the Edisto Concern site. Um, Mm -hmm. We have been posting some stuff there about what's going on in Apalachicola Bay over in Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their problem there is they have not been getting enough fresh water coming down the river into the bay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you look at that and look at your position at the end of the Edisto River and think there, but? Oh, absolutely. That was the that was the first thing I started howling about on when when the Facebook page and stuff went up. It's like you know, I, I'm in agriculture myself. Everybody needs water, but the but the idea that you can take that much of it out, it, it's going to affect the end users very much. And you want to be able to use water. 
fine. You want to be able to use water, but it's, it's our water. Um, we have a right to it too. Everyone along the river has a right to it. Uh, and it, and it, and it, and I don't know how, well, I do know how the law got passed that, that essentially gave unregulated surface water to whoever wanted it. And I don't think they were thinking of something like what happened. I just, I don't think they were. I don't think they would have actually done that if they thought that was a real possibility that, that industrial factory farming, and it is industrial factory farming, was going to come to South Carolina. You know, we're not, we don't, we don't have that kind of capability so much anymore. But we worry very much about being down on the South Edison. We have oyster farms down there. We make, you know, we make, we grow shrimp and crabs and fish. I mean, this is an important piece of water, both rivers. And and when the idea is suddenly that there's not going to be as much fresh water, well, that's a problem. That's a problem for anyone who eats seafood, for anyone who uses those waters. For And, and I mean, this is just me talking now. But I go, and the idea that, that sinking a well and sucking it out of the ground makes up for taking it all out of the river, I, that disturbs me too. Uh, and I understand that, you know, they're, they're huge advances. My, my place is done with drip irrigation. You, you, it's hard to get more efficient than drip irrigation, but it's harder to do it. It's more expensive, and I don't grow potatoes, so I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I'm concerned about it. I think most of us are concerned about it. I, I, many, many, many people I know Farmers, fishermen, and uh, you know, not even farmers or fishermen, just just conservation-minded people have been very concerned about that, and they followed it very closely. And they they went to meetings in Aiken and Augusta, and they they wrote letters, and they yelled and howled, and yeah, it, it's uh, I, I, it's done now. I mean, it's done. I hope I hope we can fix it. Yeah, well, just just so you know, um, you know, it's time to rally the troops again. Um, the the state. Uh, legislature is about to go back in session the 1st of January, and um, they need to change this law. They need to do something with the ag exemption, and, and every every legislator needs to hear feel the heat from their people. So if you can do anything down there uh, to help get the word out I, and get your I get your legislators you, on board. I promise you, they are hearing from Evisto. Uh, I know Leon Stavronakis is here. If he doesn't represent Evisto, but we know Leon from his time as county council and he's always been concerned with that kind of stuff and uh robert brown i met him the other day and he's concerned with it too i mean these guys are well aware of it uh what they can do with it i don't know but i know they it was brought to their it has been brought to their attention repeatedly and uh and as those views made clear I, i don't think you'd find many I don't know this for a fact, but I don't think you well you won't find many uh, large holdings being farmed because it's again you know none of them are big enough to really compete as commodities uh, and every now and again you'll, you'll someone will grow you know hundreds of acres of peanuts, but it doesn't compare to a lot of other places it's an island it's not a very big island and it, it's never the only commodity crop that's ever done well here is cotton, uh, and that that's long gone. And 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 what you can grow here that, that supports farmers now is a lot of vegetables and market stuff, and that's that's backbreaking hard work. But no, no one wants to see the water table blown away either. 
Um, you mentioned that you had land there from the 1700s. Talk talk yeah. about your family's connection to Edista. My uh, my cousins had a T-shirt printed for a family reunion that I thought was very funny, and I can't remember the exact date, but it's something like Michael's on Edisto since. 1670 or something. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, and they said, well, we thought it was better than using the, the term Michaels on Edisto longer than you. But there have been Michaels here for just about forever. Uh, well, since the place was growing cattle before it got into much other, other ways of agriculture. My branch of the family lives on Peters Point Road. Which is uh, the, on the on the Saint Pierre Saint Pierre Creek. Some people st- call it Store Creek, but it's the Saint Pierre, and it empties into the uh, into the South Edisto. Uh, about the place, the South Edisto empties into the Sound, the Saint Helena Sound. Uh, you know, we've just been here a long time. My brother spends most of his time down here. Uh, my sister spends a great deal of her time down here. Now I spend a lot of my time down here. Uh, it's a it's a it's a much loved place, and uh, you know I say everybody becomes a conservationist after they build their house. <laughs> but uh, m- m- many of us were were concerned about that long before we had a place to sleep here. So there we are. That's our interview with Pinckney Michael representing the Edisto Mostly Bluegrass Festival and talking about a range of issues relating to what's up on the Edisto River and with the surface water issue in general here in South Carolina. Um, any closing comments on the interview with Pinckney before we move on, Tom? No, great contact, though. We, we want to try to stretch uh, the message, you know, from the top of the river to the very lowest parts of the river. And so he's, he's a great representative for that part of the state. Absolutely. And, you know, like we've been saying for months now, not just the Edisto, this surface water issue covers all the rivers in South Carolina. So even if you're listening because of your connection to the Edisto, you know, people who live on other rivers, spread the word. This is an important topic. And speaking of taking care of our rivers, one of our favorite groups, the Friends of the Edisto, had their annual meeting in the park on the North Fork of the Edisto, as they do each year in October. That was on Saturday the 18th. We got down there, saw a bunch of people we know and like, met some new folks, had some barbecue, listened to some great tunes, got to play with the animals that the Savannah River Ecology Lab outreach program brought out. Sean Poppy was there with the critters. And uh, so all in all, it was a beautiful day down there in the park. Yeah, just a good good time was had by all. Um, beautiful day for it. Good time to get down by the river. Okay, and we are going to be cutting together some video of this. Uh, we'll probably post it on our site. We'll also give it to Fred to post over on the Friends of the Edisto site. But we will have some of Tim Rogers. He had some very poetic opening remarks and uh, spoke at length about a variety of the issues that are going on with the river and uh, also gave out some awards um, as they do each year. We had Senator John Matthews, who received the Shad Brabham Award. We had Bill Marshall, who has been on the podcast with us here uh, from DNR. Bill received the Betty Stone Award, recognizing longtime Friends of the Edisto board member Betty Stone. 
and also our man Doug Busby, also a frequent uh, visitor and topic of conversation here on the podcast, received the Charlie Sweat Award. And of course, Charlie is the man with the Edisto River Canoe and Kayak Trail Commission. And I had the opportunity to go down and spend a weekend with Charlie a few weeks ago doing the river rescue course that Irk puts on. And Charlie's a good man. Doug Busby's a good man. I think there's some symmetry in the Charlie Sweat Award going to Doug Busby. Yeah, it was very good. It was very nice to see uh, him uh, recognized for the amount of work he's put in on the river issue over the last year. But as he would say, yeah, we're just getting started here. And also, um, Tom did an interview with an attendee. Our, uh, our friend Eva was there. Yep, Eva had a few things to say, and uh, we got her on the phone, and, and uh, here's what she had to say. Hi. Hi. This is Tom from the Edisto TV podcast. Is this Eva? Yes, this is Eva. Excellent. Can you um, tell me your name and, and how you ended up going to the uh, Friends of the Edisto uh, member celebration? Um, my name is Eva. Um, I ended up going there because you invited me. Okay. And I thought it would be fun to go with my friend since she was over at my house. Okay. And um, have you been to the river before? Have you been to the Edisto River before? Um, Swimming in it or just Anything. over there? Yes, I have. Tell me about it. Um, I went to the convention thing with you. It was fun and... I got to hold an alligator at the area where they got to show you all these other stuff. And then there was music, live music, and my favorite set, there were all these paintings and stuff, but I liked um, the Jamberry Nails area. Okay, that sounds like something a couple little girls would, would enjoy. Uh, also, I, how about uh, face painting and that stuff? What did you see that yeah. related to that? Yeah, I got USC on my face, but it came off. Got flowers on my hands. I got um, a butterfly and flowers on my hands, but and I I liked that. And can you tell me more about the guy with the animals? That was the Savannah River Ecology Lab. And mm-hmm. can you tell me yeah. about the guy that was there and what he ha- what he told yeah. you and, and what animals there, and all that? There was a coyote or a wolf or something like that, and we couldn't get too close to it or else it would growl. And then there was an alligator. We got to hold the baby alligator, and then there was um, lots of snakes, and some were really poisonous. Uh, was it good weather? Was it good food? What, what? Tell me about the weather and the food. The weather and the food. The food was really good. They had lots of delicious snacks. There was fruit salad, um, barbecue, I think. Um, yeah. And it was really sunny out. It was a perfect day for it. Very nice. How about, um, did you get to listen to any of the speeches and all that stuff? That was probably really boring Um, for a kid. It was kind of boring, but, um, yeah, it was really boring, but 
we got something to eat while we listened to it, and then we played on the bouncy house. I would recommend that people go there next year because um, I really like it. It was fun, except Great. for the except for the long talks, like the person, the man who was talking. That was pretty long, but yeah. So Eva's perspective on the Friends of the Edisto annual meeting, like I said, shot a bunch of video down there. We will get an edited version of that up uh, that hopefully will give you a flavor of the event. If you weren't there, that'll be up in a week or so, hopefully, and we'll have it on the Edisto Concerns page. We'll get it on Edisto TV, and as I said, we'll uh, share that with our friends at Fred, and they can do with it what they will, but I imagine it'll get linked over there as well. Yeah, in a nutshell, Eva's opinion more animals, less boring speeches. <laughs> she makes a powerful point. And on that note, I think this brings us to the end of the 19th edition of the Edisto TV podcast. I'm Hugo. And I'm Tom. And we'll see you next time right here on Edisto TV. This is the Edisto TV podcast, produced by Edisto TV, connecting the Blackwater region.